I'm Arlen Hamilton, and I'm an investor. In 2015, I launched Backstage Capital, a venture capital fund, after experiencing food and housing insecurity for most of my life. I wanted to invest in companies led by founders who are women, people of color, and LGBTQ, just like me. I have invested in more than 150 companies since 2015 and growing. I started Your First Million to understand what it was like to make your first million dollars, get your first million fans or downloads, and to see if there was a common thread between us all. Join me as I talk to people from all walks of life about how they got where they are, what they learned on the way, and where they're going. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, I made my first million. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They slept on me, but now they won't. Because I got a million. Fresh out the mud, but I'm clean and so. Because I got a million. I got my first million. I got my. I'm Elizabeth Gore, and I am. Uh, one of the co-founders at Hello Alice and a super fan of Arlen and Christy. And I am so proud to be talking to you from my home state of Texas right now. Um, and, uh, but reside in California. Awesome. And Carolyn? Hi, everyone. I'm Carolyn Rods. I am Elizabeth's co-founder over at Hello Alice and uh, based in Houston and super excited to be digging in with Arlen. We go so far back, uh, a fellow Houstonian, which is always exciting, but yes, yeah, Texas happy to dig in, in the house. Texas, yeah. the, the good part of Texas, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The good in Texas. There's, there's, there's a love hate relationship. Definitely. Um, I think we the all beautiful, diverse city of Houston. Yeah. There's so much, so much great and good and in, in, in Texas, we could talk about that. But um, Elizabeth, you were saying earlier before we got on, you were talking about like our origin story. I have to. Oh hear, my gosh! I have oh. to because we've been we've known each other for years. Years. So we, the three of us, crossed paths at a distance early on because we were all out raising money for what we call the new majority of entrepreneurs and business owners, women, people of color, the LGBTQ plus community, U.S. veterans, military spouses, the most successful folks out there. And um, in, in true Arlen and Christie style, I think we actually crossed paths first in Austin. And it's when Carol and I were just coming up with our idea. I think y'all were coming up with Backstage. And then y'all were in... Uh, San Francisco and Carolyn and I, Carolyn had just moved in with me and we caught, we, we knew each other, but not that well. And moved we also, in as in like sitcom moved in girl. We had two babies each. We moved in together in a house and shared a babysitter so we could build this product and fundraise because it's so hard to raise money outside of the coast. So we, you know, being in Texas, it was just too hard. I'm sorry, uh, CBS, NBC, ABC, are you listening to this? <laughs> this is a sitcom waiting, waiting to happen. Oh my God. There were, there were so many, I mean, Arlie, you know, there were so many breakdowns, so many meltdowns, so many like Crying in emotional roller coaster together. Living on yeah. people's couches. And, you know, we were super compelled about you and Chrissy's partnerships. And so 
you ping me or something and was like, we're in San Fran, who should we meet? Which we do for each other, right? This is how we yeah, all yeah. work together. Yeah. And we had one employee at the time, Jillian Benvenuti. This is six years ago now. This is mm. 2016, 2016, wow. I, I believe. And we were working out of a place called Pivotal Labs in San Francisco. Um, where and on sitting to the left of us was, this is a big machine learning shop. We had like Department of Defense, Ford Motor Company, like, uh, I don't even remember, Microsoft, and then me and Carolyn. <laughs> yeah, Hello yeah but you all ran the place. You all ran the place. So it was all good. It was the right place to be. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so we we were so compelled by your story as we asked, uh, could we film what you're trying to to do, what you are doing right now? And we, you know, it was Jillian in, on an, a little iPhone and yeah. you telling your story and us putting together something for the very early iteration of what the, at the time was called Alice, which predated. We probably couldn't afford like so, a fancy camera. I think that was later. Yeah. No, <laughs> I remember that interview because I remember talking about General Hospital back then. Yeah. Cause I talk about it all my, like I, you know, six years later, I'll talk about it on stage and people think, think that I'm joking or that I'm not really we serious loved about it. it. I talk about it all the time, but I remember that, remember that line from it. And you were asking about like the founder toolkit and you all, okay. you, you yeah. all became the founder toolkit, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So talk I mean, a little, that's, that's kind of what Talk a little bit about like, I mean, we can talk about the the millions of dollars you all have raised. We can talk about there's a big announcement that you have about what a milestone that you just reached, which is why you're one of the reasons you're here. But talk about what Hell Alice is for someone who is um, either observing or has just started a company. What, What how would they understand what you do? It's the the wayfinder for a small business owner, helping to guide them from the time they have an idea for a business to the time they exit that business, helping them navigate their own unique journey. Uh, And really, I think the the struggles that we've all gone through, right? How do you hire that first employee? How do you set up your business entity? How do you go out and raise money? How do you get a loan? How do you sign a lease for an office space? All those things that you sort of discover along the way. How do we boil those down into the simplest, most basic frameworks to help people walk through those experiences and connect with the right capital, the right knowledge, the right networks and opportunities along that path. Um, and how do we simplify the journey? I think uh, for me, always, I was always confused by entrepreneurship. When you think about so many career paths, right? If you're a lawyer or a doctor or a banker, there's these clear career paths laid out for you. And for an entrepreneur, you start out as the founder, you're still the founder. Like there's no sort of path for you laid out. And so the idea for Hello Alice is let's actually create a path and learn from one another in a really efficient way where we can start to see these are the best paths based on who you are, based on where you live, based on the industry you're in, based on the resources you're starting out with. The journey is so different for all of us. Um, We're trying to make that super efficient for everyone. Yes. And I, you know, it's like, uh, the night before Christmas, you want to see all the gifts and shake the boxes. I'm just going to go right to the spoiler. What's the big announcement? What's the big milestone that you all just reached? We just uh, welcomed our 1 millionth small business owner on the platform. And I think the thing that is so important about that is 90% of the business owners growing on our platform are the new majority. 
And a lot of people said, you know, in the early days, if you focus on these demographics, it's going to be limiting. Your audience is going to be limited. It's going to be hard to be profitable. Or when you grow, it will even out to be majority white male on your platform. And the reason we're, we're coming out, as y'all see around you, this million reasons why um, campaign, because small business owners, uh, the new face of small business and profitability are the individuals you see on Hello Alice, which is really exciting. And, you know, Arlen, you've been with us from the beginning, backstage as an investor. Christy's been so supportive. And, you know, we wanted to come out today and just share this, this news and thank everyone for supporting each other. Our small business owners, which we don't call users, we call owners. The number one thing they do on the platform is help each other grow. Uh, and they've been through hell and back, through COVID-19, through George Floyd's murder, through AAPI hate, through multiple disasters with Harvey and Houston and fires in California. And they're always there to help each other, which I think is very unique. So a million reasons why we love small business owners um, is because of that. That is too, too cool. I mean, when was it that you all thought or could imagine you'd get to a million owners your members well here's a funny thing so we like set out our goals at the beginning when we do them quarterly like our big our big goals and when we laid out this goal i mean it was elizabeth and i throw out these crazy stretch goals for everyone and the team's like it's like i don't know how we're going to do this with the resources you're giving us and it i mean i think back like i I don't know that we even like thought we would be here at this point. Honestly, it's, it's like this snowball effect that, that started. And I mean, we still remember the time when we were like, we had one day years ago where we had 8,000 new owners in one day, thanks to you know, Bumble had posted something and we got all these new people and we were doing cartwheels in our office. We're like, Oh my God, we got well, that's 8, huge. 8,000 new people in one day. It was huge. Yeah. And you're watching the metrics, you're watching these things going. And I think the thing that helped us get to this million was always, we don't call the people on our platform users. We've never called them users. We always call them owners because we always want to remind ourselves that these are real business owners. And we're not just building this technology and trying to grow this business and make a bunch of money like we have a responsibility if we're going to build this thing and we're going to do this, we have a responsibility to every single one of those million business owners that are on the platform. Cause every single one is a business owner, like us, business owners, like you, a business owner, like me, a business owner, like Elizabeth, like they're real humans on the other side of that. And I think never losing sight of, I mean, the team gets to hear me all day long talk about like, we have to remember that this is, this is real for them. This isn't, you know, they're trying to get their, you know, I don't know, next thing delivered faster. They're trying to shave a minute up. Like, this is life. This is their livelihood and their sustenance and everything else. So it, it's, I think it's that like genuine approach that hasn't changed throughout the whole process that just helps people. I, I'd like to think, I mean, I think we're a community that genuinely wants to see each other succeed. And that means we share and push each other and people give us great feedback that helps us grow better and stronger. And it's, but it's still unbelievable to think that we're at a million is so unbelievable to me. You know, Arlen, I, I have a memory um, and it was actually some of the darkest of times when I thought, oh my gosh, you know, the technical side, you know, is product market fit. But for me personally, I was like, oh my gosh, we built the right thing. And it was during 
about the sixth month of COVID-19. And we, like most businesses, our board told us, we want you to cut 30% on your budget. We want you to lay people off. We want you to go lean as possible. We, and we just thought, we have no idea what's going to happen. And, you know, sponsors, events, everything's dropping, everything, you know, cash flows going away, HR issues. I mean, it was just brutal. And then, then you had, you know, elder care, child care of all our employees, everyone's dealing with this. And Carolyn and I, we were getting inundated uh, more so personally from other business owners who needed help during that time, even in the platform. So we were talking to each other. We were supposed to be building out this credit platform, which we're, we're going to talk about later that now we've built. But at the time, we said maybe we should reallocate resources and build something for COVID-19 for our small business owners to get through this. So Carolyn's the technical side of our of our business marriage. I am the more marketing sales side. So she took our team and in five days built the COVID-19 business center, which helped small business owners navigate uh, PPP, EIDL, how to close their business with dignity. We built a mental health center. And this was after the first round of, of funding did not go to our audience, um, women, people of color, veterans. And we saw that while there's a lot of support out there, it's not getting to the people we serve. And Arlen, we had 200,000 small business owners a day going through that. I mean, it was, and you know, and everyone's going through hell and back, but the support of the community and digging into resources and helping folks apply, we built the whole thing in Spanish as well. That's when I was like, okay, if we constantly pivot to the needs of these business owners, we'll figure this out. And so that was when I was like, we are really, we've built the right foundation. Now it's a matter of, you know, moving to the left and to the right. And it was a dark time, but it was a very purposeful time of discovery, I would say. I think the, the benefit that we've always had and you as you probably know it's like the wounds of the early days of building a business they're strong like those don't go away right there's scars from those and you don't forget yeah, what that experience I, I was saying like. the other day it's not it's not tough skin it's scar tissue right it's a very different thing <laughs> very different thing but you remember that journey so much and every time we go through anything anytime there's anything happening in the macro environment we go back to even as we've grown, look, it still affects us today. I mean, if there's a natural disaster, we have to think and pivot and react, but we have the benefit of resources behind us now. It's so easy still to remember when we were one or two employees, what happened? Like what happened if somebody, you know, great, you want to give parental leave benefits and that's wonderful and important, but like what happens when somebody actually goes on parental leave? Like you have to cover and react and respond and cover the expense. And there's a, there's a, a business owner side to that, where you're thinking about, yes, you want to do all these things and they're important and we did them, but, but you had to pivot around them and figure out how to deal with them. And so I think those are the types of things that we're always thinking about. How do we help somebody? If the electricity goes out and you have a big meeting, like, how do you deal with that? What do you actually need to do? So those are always the things that keep us going. I think as a team and focused of just where, how do we, alleviate some of these pain points in a really scalable and meaningful way. When you all started out and you started seeing traction, did you focus 
on one product or one thing and then get mm-hmm. scale there and then branch out? Or did you, were you like a one-stop shop? We kind of went day? the other way. Okay. Which I don't necessarily you know, recommend. Get, well, people get advice. You know, I know people listening to this, a lot of people are founders themselves. are going to mm-hmm. check out Hello Alice for resources for themselves, mm-hmm. but they're also thinking about the behind the scenes of how you thought it through. So mm-hmm. yeah, what, which, what, which way do you think you went there? Well, we, you know, we really boiled the ocean in part of being a founder and helping founders is we saw the extreme need for everything, right? From accounting to taxes, to hiring a first employee, to marketing, customer growth. So we tried to do that all and tried to be helpful. Where we saw, though, our North Star and really refined as we went along and we're continuing to refine is access to capital. So for the new majority audience, we saw an extreme need for capital in 17, 18, 19 during growth years. And then we saw an extreme need for capital during 2021 COVID down years. And so it was a time where, whether we're talking about credit, loans, grants, very, very tiny group of artists goes towards venture because we're more small business, but access to capital has really, we continue to see that that is the, the biggest need during both types of the economic spectrum and for small and large business. It's also the biggest barrier writ large for women and people of color, period, exponentially. I mean, amen. <laughs> right? I mean, and if you look at, um, you know, us personally, you know, we we were talking this morning, we did 450 meetings to to get our very tiny seed funding in the early days, right? I mean, uh, our white male counterparts in Silicon Valley probably would have done 20 to 30, maybe. If that, yeah. If, if they yeah. had the same product and the same traction that right. you all same had. Right, same traction, same we're, product, we were right? meeting the other day and someone's like, oh, you're fundraising, you know, it's easy. I'm like, mm, yeah, you're... <laughs> Yeah. Different paths, definitely different paths. Yeah. Um, but then all the way to a small business loan of a bodega on the corner in New York City of a of an immigrant, they're going to have a t- very difficult, very different time without traction, without credit history to get that as well. And so, whether you know the whole capital continuum, we felt like is a place we needed to tackle, not just finding the capital, but Carolyn calls it money in, money out is how do you manage the capital you have effectively, your cash flow, your accounting, and then when do you access the right capital? Some people need operational credit. Some people should get a loan. Some people should get a line of credit. And so, you know, for us, Arlen, we really narrowed down to everything around capital. And that also means customer acquisition because that's the best place you can get money is your customers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's really, that's, we went from a kind of a large swath to this is our hyper focus at this time. Yeah. And, and did it, I, I think that, yeah, that focus has always been, I will say the, the one thing is that there was, I mean, there's, there aren't that many people trying to tackle these problems in really scalable ways. And so there were sort of pieces, but it's, there's, it's big problems. And so early on, and, and still, I would say we got pulled into a lot of conversations and it's hard. To, it took us a long time to learn to say, no, there's great opportunities. And we've had some that, you know, it, I, Caroline, difficult. have I learned that? Did I learn to say no? Did that happen uh, in the last I mean, 24 hours? 
<laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> it's super hard. There's amazing opportunities. And you're like, I know we can be part of the solution. I actually think we could build a technology that would help solve some of these problems. And I'm going to credit our team with this because I think it's probably been the most common feedback that Elizabeth and I get as founders. And it is like, we have to, we have to stay focused and we cannot do everything. And we're stretching ourselves too thin. And as a result, like we're not able to do these things as effectively as we could. And so we, you know, I think we've made huge strides in this area. I would say probably the biggest learning like growth area for us as founders, or I'll, I'll speak for myself at, at a minimum, but has been learning that all in due time, like we will get there. We're going to chip away at these things. Thankfully, you know, there's, there's time in the market in this space. There are still probably aren't enough people doing this work. So we're, we're able to sort of just like, move sequentially and, and do things well. And I think as a result, the quality of what we provide has improved considerably over the years. I want to touch on two things that I heard earlier, because I think they're going to, they're going to be both be very helpful. Um, one is partnerships, because it sounded like that, that bumble day, which I'm sure has happened in different ways, other times, when it wasn't a, you know, catastrophe. Um, We've had plenty of catastrophes. Well, I mean, like, I meant like COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. But, but, um, (laughs) so I want to talk about partnerships and, and for, for these, the the founders that are listening and for the founders who are listening, thinking about how they can, um, and integrate partnerships into their, their Mm -hmm. companies. And then the second thing is I really want to dial in on Carolyn, um, Elizabeth said that you you built this product, your team built this product in five days. I want to talk to you about being a technical co-founder. So mm-hmm. first partnerships, um, how important has that been, Elizabeth? It, it literally, I would say, other than the, the extreme lens of always, what do the small business owners need? I would say partnerships has been our number one growth tool as well as staying right for our small business owners. So to, to, I will say to all your listeners out there, partner, partner, partner. Partnerships are hard at first. They take longer to get up and going, but the exponential impact and growth you can have, whether they're enterprise partners, media partnerships, um, other co-founders, you know, that are doing unique things. It's, it's just always makes you stronger. Um, the most important things we've partnered on are with our ecosystem ecosystem partners. So when we really wanted to use data to try and overcome systemic barriers with our small business owners, there is no way that we at Hello Alice could understand the black small business owner experience, the veteran small business owner experience, the LGBTQ plus small business experience, but you know who could? is NAACP and Bunker Labs for Veterans and Start Out. And so partnering with them to help them scale their one-to-one programming within those environments, I think is where we've done some of our best work. And so we are data people. We know how to scale. Uh, These are individuals who live in this environment every day and build awesome programming with and for those founders collectively we could do a better job. And so that has really been a mutually beneficial relationship where we've become one of the largest recruiters for these organizations. We push small business owners into 
network and accelerators in groups that help them scale and have a unique experience. Um, and so on the, on the other side, our platform and our data grows based on the needs of these small business owners. So it's just been in, in many of these organizations we've been in, they really trusted us in the beginning. I mean, at Bunker, I mentioned start out in GLCC, NAACP, when we didn't have a lot of data, but we we're like, if we can collect, and we don't sell personal data, by the way, this is all aggregate. And then we can come back and help your, your scalability. It's just been awesome. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of partnerships. Also, PS, for all you founders out there, it is the best way in the early years to get non-dilutive capital. So if you stay, if you can get sponsors for your website, if you can do partner-based events, if you can get a small referral fee for customer acquisition, it's just a great way to grow your business. Um, so I, I'm a I'm a massive partnership fan. Yeah, I think that's going to be really key for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I I work with partners. Um, I don't think people quite realize how how many millions of dollars I've generated in partnerships, mm -hmm. in addition mm -hmm. to just raising. Mm -hmm. And it is it it gives you autonomy. And, and, and like you said, it's usually a one plus one equals three situation because you're mm -hmm. also impacting another group of people that you might not mm -hmm. have been able to before, which is so, so cool. But it's like clutch in those situations where <clears throat> you're looking down at your runway and there's not, there's not much there, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I say this from experience all the time. Um, and then, and then Carolyn, um, talk, talk a little bit about your background because I don't think we've mentioned this before, but this is a, a Latinx co-owned company, um, which I think is super important to talk about still. Like you, you shouldn't have to talk about it, but I think it is important because I think it's going to, it helps people identify and find their people. Right. Um, but the, the, the technical part of this, you don't see a lot of at least shouting it to the rooftops, women technical co-founders of major companies, um, that too, like how important was that in the early days and getting the, getting the actual product going? Uh, I think critical. Cause I think it was probably, I mean, in the same way that we've <laughs> yeah. got these partnerships and without <laughs> the network that Elizabeth brought to the table, having the build, the reality is like, we didn't have a lot of money to build. And I, I sort of stumbled into the reality is I stumbled into being a technical co-founder. If you would have told me 20 years ago, I'd be running a tech company. I probably would have laughed. I was a finance major in college. I started out my career in investment banking. Uh, I've always been a little bit like right brain, left brain mix. And so, and I, I really started, I after I left banking kind of went more the creative route. I ran a you know, branding and marketing agency, but in that experience ended up, starting to see opportunities. It was like the, the, when social media was just starting and starting to see opportunities to build technical solutions to help meet some of these larger enterprise needs. And that was sort of my first foray into technology was little thing. I mean, it started out like I needed to build a website for someone or I needed to sort of like crack a code on something. And a lot of just like big Googling or Yahoo or whatever it was at the time, probably not even Google then just sorting through trying to figure things out on my own. I mean, it was like, I had a you know blog for my company, before. I would, there were like 10 bloggers at the time. You'll laugh. I literally sent an email to Guy Kawasaki and I was like, Hey, I had this new blog and I'd love to like 
do something. And he's like, sure. Right. Like I'll cover you tomorrow. And all of a sudden I'm like watching my analytics. I'm like, Oh, I don't know who this guy Kawasaki guy is, but he's got a blog. blog. <laughs> and it's just like wow. such a different world. Right. It was, it was a really, really small group. And so I really learned through this community and working with other people and just building and doing and tinkering away at it. As I mean, I would say now the, our code base at Hello Alice, like it's, it's, so, I mean, it's so complex in terms of like me being in the weeds, but what I, what I do think is really important is that as you know, when people think of technology, I think so many times people shy away from it. And the reality was I did at the beginning too. I was like, I don't, I don't know the space. This isn't what I was trained in. I don't you know, speak 10 different programming languages, but what I did know was what a good user experience was. I've always known what a good user experience was and how to build it and when it's working and when it's not. And I think that's the real focus for, for anybody running a tech company. At the end of the day, like you can find people for anything, right? If you don't know finance, you can outsource somebody who knows finance for your business. If you don't know sales and marketing, you can outsource somebody like a salesperson. You can find people to fill all the pockets of expertise that you don't know or don't know as well as you would need to to execute. And every our whole team now, right? There's so many things I would say our, you know, our marketing capabilities, our team are far beyond what I can do personally, our, you know, sales capabilities far beyond what there's, there's so many strategies that come into play. The key though, is always having the integrity of what is, what does the experience need to be? And how can we use logic and data and information and automation to get there? And I think if, if you, think in that way. And you, that's sort of how your brain works. And I do think it's different. I mean, I look at what Elizabeth does. I'm like, I can't, I'm not the deal closer. I'm not going to go and negotiate. It's like not my skill set. I'm way out of my league with it, but I can, I, I get logic. Like my brain gets like sequential, how things need to work, how they fit together, what needs to happen. And I think that is really the crux of, of what it takes. And then knowing, knowing where the expertise is, right. You've got to know enough of the space mm -hmm. to be able to navigate and bring in the right experts to, to execute on the vision. It sounds Arlene, like you, yes. Can I be her spokesperson just for one second, please? Absolutely. Okay. Not the so salesperson. When, when I met this woman okay, she had just built a circular board accelerator, which was at the time, the fastest growing digital accelerator for women. And I was so taken by her that I was an entrepreneur resident at Dell at the time. And I was like, who built this? How many people? And she was like, well, what I do is when the, when the baby goes to bed, I go into my bathroom and I sit on the floor and then I get a trash can and put my computer on it. And then I code all night and da, 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 da. Wow. And it, it was just like, then, then it, the next iteration was amazing. And then I go to her and I was like, I'm trying to figure out this idea of data-driven technology for small business owners. She was like, give me a week. She comes back. She's like, I think we can use data and ML to do this. I took her into Dell and, and, and Michael Dell, of all people, we were talking to different people. It wasn't resonating. was like, she's a really interesting mind for this. Wow. I mean, and, and, and then you fast forward and we're raising, I think not our C, but our series A. And all these people were like, oh, well, she's not technical enough. She's not technical enough, co-founder. I'm like, bullshit. Y'all have not seen what she's built. <laughs> not giving her a chance. And they kept, we had one engineer at the time who's a white male, good dude. So we go into these meetings, they would always refer to him every single yeah. time. Yeah. She's the boss. She's a badass. She's built all this stuff. 
And what what I'm so proud of is I, I'm getting emotional because she's always like a year ahead and it's always for good and the right reasons. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know if you know, she got Hispanic CEO of the year, um, the year after we did everything with COVID and, and so on. And the reason that, you know, I think they were compelled is just when you take technology and data and use it for all the right reasons, it can really move and help people. And that's really where Carolyn's always been with it. And, and now, you know, we're tackling this huge credit issue, but in the same way of like, we'll figure it out, she'll figure it out and it's badass. Yes. So that's, that's my soapbox about the Carolyn Ross. Here's the key though. Here's what I like really need. And I think this is super important for everybody to think about when you're starting a company is that I've started two companies prior and they haven't had the traction of, of this company. And I think a, a key piece is the real, like, again, I'm not the salesperson, right? At the end of the day, I can like build this stuff all day long and it's going to, it's going to sit there and like, I'll, I'll push it out and get it to people and it'll be like, it'll sustain itself. Elizabeth like takes that she could take that package it up in a way that everybody that it like it resonates and it works and I think this is the, the big learning for me with this company is being really understanding where you're strong and I think the, the critical pieces of like you have to have in any company you have to have you have to have builders and you have to have marketers and they have to work together and I think in the early days usually when it's one or two people you better make sure those people like you have both sides of that equation or it's really, really difficult yeah. to, yeah. to make it happen. And so we've always been able to work in this sort of tandem of I'm like building, building, building Elizabeth's like selling, 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 and then hearing and bringing that back. And they're like, here's what I'm hearing. Here's the feedback I'm getting. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go through here's how we can fix and solve. And well, yeah, I was, around this. I was thinking, I mean, it's such a complimentary partnership. And I'm sure, like you said, you lived together for a while. I'm sure there was fisticuffs at one point or another. But, oh, I mean, there is all the time, but that's yeah, a good thing. Yeah. And I, I oh. same, you know, you, you mentioned Christy a lot, um, Elizabeth at the top and Christy and I have gone, you know, rounds, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we are still like, we just saw each other the other day and cause we don't get to see each other in person very often. And we're just like, look at this that we built, you know, and it's oh, like, so cool. we're still here. And it's, you know, I, I don't like to do the marriage thing, you know, comp it, but it's just like, it's a, a very important relationship yeah, and it, it has it, nuance to it and depth to it, it does. that, that if you find that, you know, you're, you're lucky. Um, and I know Naval from, you know, his podcast, the Angelist uh, founder, he talks about if you can, if you can have a builder and a salesperson, um, you're unstoppable. If you can be the person as one person, of course you can, you know, it's mm -hmm. even, it's even more, but he said, it doesn't matter. You know, either one mm -hmm. person does it or you find two people who can work well together and both do it. Mm -hmm. You're unstoppable. And so that's a big, big takeaway for the people listening, no matter what your role is right now. I do want to, um, unfortunately we have to kind of wrap up, but I do want to talk about this major um, push that you all have now with, mm -hmm. I don't want to like reveal who the partner is, but I, I know I we is can it, is it out mean, there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, we're in September right now. Right. And so um, Carolyn and I, I mean, this goes back to your partnerships and technical combining together. I kept hearing from our our partner and now co-owner NAACP and groups like U.S. Hispanic Chamber that, you know, business credit is a massive issue for their small business owners. 
Carolyn kept seeing the macroeconomic benefit if small business owners could grow operational credit. So we've been throwing this thing around for a while and doing the digging, and we were going to actually start build during COVID, but we we pivoted, which was the right thing to do. Uh, but now I'm I'm super proud to say that we have launched an equitable access to credit program with the Hello Alice Small Business MasterCard, and it's a best in class credit program for small business owners to build and grow their companies. Unique to our card is the benefits that come cash back, all of the above is there, but we are ensuring that you get the training, the technical assistance, the mentorship, the access to capital and community that Hello Alice has always offered within that card. So we're really proud of it. Uh, we Our partners in MasterCard have just been amazing. Um, additionally, there is a $40 billion gap in the BIPOC community for credit. Small business owners who've applied and been denied. Most of that is due to lack of credit history or perceived keyword high risk. And so we have also built a secured program that allows a small business owner to apply for a grant to secure small business credit and then graduate over time into traditional credit products. So this has been a, a huge passion. It's our North Star. And, um, you know, back to great partners, MasterCard, NAACP is our first channel. And then Carolyn's team has done a great job building this out. And so we're, we're very proud to tackle this. Sounds uh, game-changing to me. It's, yeah, I think finally really thinking about what are the rewards and, and benefits that a small business owner needs. I think you look at so many cards and the perks are, you know, 10x your Uber points or whatever it is. But really thinking about the reality is people need one-on-one -on -one coaching. They need, you know, access to experts. They need, you know, access to events where they can actually meet and network and connect with people and all the things that cost money and resources. And, and how do we help them? How do we leverage this great, powerful network and help them access these, these tools and opportunities? Yeah. And how do they get the card to begin with? And it sounds like you have a partial solution to that too, is in these grants and this very, it seems very innovative. Um, I definitely have all kinds of opinions about credit, credit reporting, mm -hmm. uh, how, it, I mean, it's the new, new Jim Crow. Predatory you know, credit. Yeah. All of, all of that. Um, and so this, that just sounds amazing. How do people find out more information? You just go to helloless.com. We're, we're here for you as we always have been. Uh, we do not make money off interest of this credit card. This is a, this is really about growing our community. And to your point, Arlen, we have made sure there's equitable rates, uh, with operational growth and it's, it's, it's a game changer. We're excited. What do you want it to, what do you want to have accomplished a year from now? what will be success in this new outing? Getting more capital into the hands of small business owners. I want to see those acceptance rates for credit increase significantly. Uh, and then seeing revenue growth increase for these business owners. So we're, yeah. we're tracking both. And those are really the metrics that we hold ourselves accountable to is how do we get more capital into the hands of business owners? How do we put more money in their pockets through, through core revenue growth and, and the financial health of their businesses and, and, access to capital. Well, it's really brilliant because small business owners, especially a million of them have more access to capital. It's, it's frictionless 
then they can spend more too. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's almost what, uh, in a lot of ways, what the government does, you know, uh, and sometimes what they can't do. So that's like, that's really powerful. It reminds me a little bit of, um, and you can agree or not, but, you know, Mark Cuban going outside the system and saying, I'm going to make uh, uh, pharmacy pills right. cheaper right. by going, cutting out the middleman. It's it's like as a citizen and as a, a, an entrepreneur, this is why entrepreneurship is so powerful. Because you can see a problem in the world that you want to change and then you can do something about it. Another when you can find that win-win, that's the, that's like where businesses, I think, take off. Like it has to be, our business doesn't succeed unless these small business owners succeed. The, the corporate partners we work with don't succeed unless the small business owners succeed. The governments we work with don't succeed unless the small business owners succeed. And so it's, we get to wake up in the morning and be like, how are we going to help small business owners succeed today? And we have that conversation with everyone in the ecosystem and we're all aligned and working towards this common goal. And all we're saying is we're a technology to help us get there. And if we help, if we can help everyone get there faster, everyone improves. It's better for, for all of us. Excellent. <clears throat> I, I have one more Arlen a year from now. I want, I want the banking industry to see that this is a profitable audience that is not high risk. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Let's say the website one more time. So hello, hello, Alice. Oh, let's <laughs> do that again. We, Carol and I always do this together. We, you're in two we, different never, countries. I mean, I think you're, you're I doing know, all right. <laughs> HelloLoss.com. We love y'all and Arlen and your team. Um, we've believed in you since the beginning. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for growing together. This has been a hell of a journey together and a blast. And we're still in it. Let's go. Let's go. HelloAlice.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Alice. Thanks. Hey, it's Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen was here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N was here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenauer, executive producer Arlen Hamilton. And it was Theme song is used by permission by the artist Tobey Nguigwe.